Hello and welcome to another ECFR podcast. I'm Julian Barnes-Dacey and we're going to be looking at the situation in Yemen in this podcast. I'm joined by Adam Barron, who is a visiting fellow with ECFR and who has recently returned from the country where he was based as a journalist for more than three years. Adam, if I could start by just asking you to give us your take on recent developments and where you think the situation is headed. At the moment, the situation in Yemen remains both extremely unclear and very flammable. Uh, The recent Saudi-led coalition's decision to launch military attacks in the country effectively amounts to throwing throwing gasoline on an already burning fire. Um, And we've seen now five days of strikes which have succeeded in taking out a lot of Houthi-allied members of the military's, uh, you know, fighting capability, but have yet to really lead to any pushback against the Houthis on the ground. So far, the Houthis and allied members of Yemen's military have actually been making progress, continuing to gain further ground uh, in the south of the country. And what's your sense on what the Saudis are trying to achieve through this military intervention? I think the Saudis have been sending a lot of mixed signals about the military intervention. On the one hand, uh, they're making it clear that they want to get rid of Salah and the Houthis. On the other hand, though, they've also mentioned and deferred to talk about a uh, some sort of dialogue leading to a broker decision. I think it would be hard to imagine that the Saudis think that they can actually conclusively eliminate the Houthis from Yemen. Uh, even if that is possible, it would take a tremendous amount of manpower power and lead to a huge amount of, you know, a huge amount of manpower lost on the part of uh, troops on the ground uh, in one of the most rugged and unforgiving terrains in the entire Middle East. So I think that in reality, the best case scenario right now remains some sort of brokered negotiation. The question is whether the Saudis are truly invested in seeing this happen. And if they're not, how bad could the situation get? Where could the country be headed? I mean, what Yemen is looking at potentially is a Libya or Syria-style abject breakdown, uh, you know, fracturing, militiafication of the country. Uh, What we're seeing now is, you know, the exacerbation of a humanitarian crisis that has already, you know, labeled Yemen one of the most aid-needed countries in in the entire world, and especially the Middle East. So if this situation continues, we already have a situation where airports, air travel in Yemen is impossible, where there's a naval blockade uh, preventing most imports and exports in the country. So I think on the one hand, there's the aspect of the military and political tensions, et cetera, et cetera. But then the greatest aspect is that we're looking at a complete humanitarian crisis uh, in addition to the absolute collapse of the Yemeni economy. And some people talk about the, the prospect of breakup is that something that, that one could see emerging between the north and the south? I mean, you already see this split on north and south lines. Uh, the southerners, of course, used to have their own country until 1990 when Yemen was unified. Uh, further, there's been a very active southern secession, secessionist movement since 2007. But the question is uh, whether they'll be able to unite uh, against the Houthis. And secondly, even more importantly, whether Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states will accept an independent southern state, which could potentially, uh, you know, effectively mean a uh, an admission of defeat if it ends up leaving a north that is in control of the Houthis. Now you mentioned that the kind of the best case scenario would be some kind of peace process, some kind of dialogue. What would be the outlines of of anything meaningful on that front, and what would be needed to actually push it forward? I mean, the tragic thing is the outlines have been pretty much well known for months now. Uh, 
two general options. One, you have Hadi and the appointment of a number of vice presidents. Uh, there would be a constitutional referendum that would lead to elections at some point. The second option is that Hadi is taken out of the equation and you have a presidential council. Now that Saudi Arabia is putting their full force behind Hadi, it's very unlikely to think that there will be some sort of presidential council without Hadi. And in terms of what the Houthis would be willing to accept, I mean, a, a lot of people blame the Houthis for having moved down into Aden for, 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 for launching this crisis. So how willing would they be able to enter into some kind of power-sharing agreement that would actually force them to, to give up what they've gained? The Houthis have always said that what they want is their rightful seat at the table. And to some extent, their complaints that they haven't received that do have some merit. Um, the fact of the matter is that they've done what they've done largely because they've just taken advantage of an opportunity in front of them, and it's very hard to be that critical of it. Uh, they're filling a vacuum, and any blame that is directed to the Houthis should also go to the government, which has failed to fill in the vacuum and failed to prevent the Houthis from taking advantage of this. I think the question is whether the Houthis are willing to pull back a bit. If it manages to be framed in the right way, I think the Houthis are indeed ready to make concessions. But the key is framing. If the Saudis want the Houthis to be defeated and to be humiliated, I think the vast majority of the group and its supporters would die uh, before submitting to some sort of humiliation uh, against Saudi Arabia. So I think a lot of it depends on how it's done. And just zooming out now, we've talked about the Saudis quite a bit, but, but, but they say that one of the main reasons for their intervention with Houthi reliance on the Iranians and increased intervention by Tehran. How much should one think of this as a regional battle, part of this broader battle for control of the region, increasingly sectarian in nature that, that's unfolding elsewhere? I think it's the, the Houthis' ties to Iran have largely been exaggerated. Um, and I think it's, there's much more to the story than, than simply their ties to Iran. Uh, when you look at it, the question, do the Houthis have ties to Iran? Yes, absolutely. They've had political ties, uh, in addition to military and some financial ties. But if you take Iran out of the picture, the Houthis will still be there. And when you look at what is motivating the Houthis to act and how they're sort of going around things on the ground, they're ultimately very much an indigenously rooted, uh, or an indigenously rooted group uh, that is motivated by local Yemeni issues. And while Iran certainly... Uh, has built ties with them. It's a very convenient relationship with Iran since it gives them a very easy way to put pressure on Saudi Arabia. Uh, I don't think Iran is viewing them, viewing Iran as some puppet master, manipulating the Houthis behind the scenes, I think is uh, is a flawed way to do it. And, and have the Iranians responded differently since, since the military intervention? What are the noises coming out of Tehran? It, Tehran has basically said unsurprisingly issued a very strong condemnation of the military action. It remains unclear whether they will go further than that. So far, we haven't seen them uh, engage militarily or anything. To some extent, you know, they really can't. Yemen is cut off by, sand, by air and by sea. Uh, so I think the real question remains how Iran will respond in the coming days. One of the other main concerns for, 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 for Europe, for the U.S. coming out of Yemen has, has long been the, the presence of, of al-Qaeda and extremism that has emerged from Yemen. What does the current conflict mean for that in terms of the potential strengthening of some of these groups, the potential for ungoverned spaces, etc.? I mean, is this something that is actually going to feed uh, those groups that are, are, are leading towards al-Qaeda? 
on the one hand, this is taking something away from Al-Qaeda's propaganda book in the sense that now you have this coalition leading the battle against the Houthis rather than Al-Qaeda, which was increasing the case where Al-Qaeda was able to position themselves as, you know, the one clear force fighting Yemenis, fighting uh, for Yemeni Sunnis. That being said, the Houthis are filling a power vacuum. Once you kick the Houthis out or, you know, start pushing them back, there's a new vacuum. And when you look at things on the ground, in many parts of Yemen, the group best place to fill this power vacuum is Al-Qaeda. So there is a huge risk that if the Houthis are defeated or if the Houthis are forced to push back, uh, this action will actually end up empowering Al-Qaeda. Thank you. Let, let me just ask one last question. I mean, the, 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 the British and the French and the Americans have all come in in support of the military intervention that we've seen. I wonder if you could give us your sense on, on the impact of, of Western backing for this intervention and maybe even to just reflect on is there any room for, for the likes of the Europeans to play any kind of role in trying to push forward this political process that you were talking about as potentially being the only hope to save the country from full breakdown? I mean, right now you're seeing the U.S. make sort of strong signals of approval for the approval for the military action, and including providing logistic supports. Uh, the U.K. released a statement more or less expressing their support for the action. That being said, the EU has taken a sort of more nuanced take calling for dialogue. And I think the European Union does potentially stand to play a very positive role in helping to facilitate this dialogue. At this point, it looks like Oman, if there is indeed some dialogue, that Oman would be best place to put it or to be to host it and do the facilitating. That being said, I think the EU can go far in supporting and providing pressure aimed at bringing all parties to the table. Adam Barron, thank you very much for, for discussing Yemen with us, uh, full of insight uh, from on the ground there. For further on the issue, do look at our website, www.ecfr.eu, where Adam has written a number of recent articles as well as a recent report for us looking at the situation. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.